bringing it in. Dustin Smith. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! He got it! Alpita Smith, a good look at a three. And he misses it short. Battling for the rebound. Brooks we are here to feel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast. And of course, I'm your co-host, LaShar Binkley. You always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And you can find my written work over at SB Nation. And before we get too far into uh, the Rockets' unfortunate loss last night, let my co-host give a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me on Instagram and also uh, Twitter, XAP, whatever you're calling it now, at Vader Sports. Uh, you can get your latest Rockets and Texans news, uh, not too much Astros right now since we unfortunately didn't make it to the World Series. But I'm rooting, I'm actively rooting against the Texas Rangers right now. So sorry if you're a Texas <laughs> Rangers fan. <laughs> yeah, and I think most of Houston um, uh, is rooting against the Texas Rangers, except for the people that are long as it's a Texas team and they're rooting for them, which to me makes no sense at all. But I uh, let that you know go for another time. Uh, but as you saw in the opening there, we saw Jabari Smith miss that wide open three that would have gave the Rockets at least the three-point lead with only a couple of seconds left. But unfortunately, it bounced off the rim, and the Rockets ended up losing in overtime. It was a definitely a tough loss. Much better effort, but at the end of the day, these are professionals, and moral victories really don't go that far when it comes to the NBA. So uh, the Rockets are now 0-2. Um, unfortunately, kind of what we saw a lot last year, uh, they would – kind of crumble down a stretch, not make the big plays, um, make too many mistakes, and then they will end up losing the game, and that's what we saw last night, and they lost to the Spurs. And even before that three-pointer that Jabari Smith missed, he missed two free throws uh, around the 38-second mark that would have put him up four. That would have definitely changed the entire game. But, of course, the game doesn't always come down to one or two plays. So we're going to kind of start there and talk about what we saw in last night's game. And, why the Rockets lost that game, a game that they led for most of the second half, a game where they seemed like they were in control. Jalen Green was having a really good game through three quarters. Fred Van Vliet was good the entire game. So was Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks has been the Rockets' most consistent shooter the first two games. I don't think anybody saw that coming into these uh, regular season. But, uh, Vader, let's start there. What did you see from the Rockets in this last game, and, and why did they ultimately end up losing in overtime? So I'll start with the positives. I I kind of don't want to, <laughs> I, you know, like it's hard, man. You know, we we suffered for three years uh, watching uh, some of the probably some of the worst basketball that that some of us have ever seen. Yes. You know, our, our Houston Rockets play. So it's been difficult. One thing for me though, like I've been, I don't want to say I've been okay with the losses, but I understood what the what the end goal was. I knew that um, there was a plan. Unfortunately, the plan was to tank. And, you know, you when you know that going in, the losses, for me at least, did not sting as much because I expected them. Um, okay. And then there was always that carrot that was dangled in front of us, you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And hopefully that light does not turn out to be a train. Uh, we won't know yet. But, like, you know, like I was okay with, with with having the worst record in the league, you know, for those years in a row because, you know, I knew we were going to get like top draft picks out of it and hopefully get cornerstone pieces for our franchise that could lead us back to the Western Conference Finals and then hopefully to the NBA Finals and hopefully uh, also lift that trophy up. So like now the losses actually hurt me. Like the, that loss last night was probably the first time in a while where I actually felt like genuine disappointment 
Like I, I faked pre- pretending to be mad. I faked pretending to be disappointed because I almost like didn't care if we won or lost because more losses meant a better chance of, uh, you know, getting a number one pick in the draft. But now, man, like that, you know, the Rocket, the Rockets did everything that they needed to do to win that game. Um, I think Emi Adoka put us in a good position. Uh, whatever game plan they had, I think it worked. But which one thing that you can account for is missed free throws. We went 10 for 20, I believe, 50%. Yes, That's unacceptable for an NBA franchise. Um, and then I think we shot 8 for 32 from, from the three-point line. And it's going to be hard to hit games. Uh, I mean, win games if we cannot shoot. And I knew that coming into the season, shooting was probably going to be one of our biggest deficiencies. And so far, that has played out in the first two games. So hopefully, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, when you look at the roster construction, uh, I don't know what the solution to the three-point shooting is right now. Other than we need for guys to step up, we need for Jabari to start knocking down his open threes. We need for uh, Jalen to, to knock down his threes. Um, even though Fred Van Vliet had a really good game yesterday, I think he. I think that's the one area he struggled was yeah, from the yeah, yeah from the three-point line. Dylan Brooks has been really solid. But I mean, outside of that, like we've had a huge hole. Like, and and this is in the modern era, like shooting, you have to be able to shoot to to like actually really win. You know, it's not the old days where you could just dump it down, you know, to a big guy and and then like just dominate in the paint and win that way. Because what we've learned is three is greater than two. But like I said, the positives that I wanted to start with is that uh, I think man, Fred VanVleet really looked good. Like I think this is why they brought him in. Him, him and um, Shingun operating together in a pick and roll. I was really impressed by uh, what I saw from those two guys. Um, he, like, when it looked like things were, like, kind of getting away from the team, I feel like Fred, Fred Van Bleet was there to kind of, like, steady the ship. And that's something that we probably really haven't had in the past was a guy who, our, our quarterback, I, our guy who could go out there and be like, hey, you know, the game is getting a little out, you know, getting a little away from us, you know, let me go and get us a bucket. We go and make this defensive play. Uh, let me, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to win. And I, I saw that from him. And Shinku had an amazing game up until the end. I think maybe he got a little fatigued. He played a lot yeah. of, he played a lot of minutes. I think he played probably the most minutes he's ever played in an NBA game. But like thirty-eight like, minutes or something like that. I think it was like thirty-eight or forty minutes. Yeah. yeah. And um, guarding Victor Wembanyama, and then also like being probably like if not number one, at least one A on offense. Uh I think he had a I think he had a hell of a game, if I'm if I'm being honest. Uh some people like were not happy with the way the game ended and some of the stuff that happened in overtime. But I think if you look at it objectively and, and look at his entire body of work, um he, he played really good defense. He's not he's not our weakest link on defense anymore. I, I know people used to point to him as being like the weak link on defense. Right now it's not him. You know, so who is the weakest link on defense now? <laughs> uh, we, we, our guys need to step up. I seen, um, I saw, I saw Jabari got to play better defense, man. Let's just be honest. He has to play better defense. Um, I think Jalen got after it at times, but then there's still, you know, those times where he falls asleep on defense and he gets back cut or, you know, he doesn't get oh his screen, you know, getting over screens and stuff like that. He has to be better at, at those things. Um, I believe in M.A. Adoka, though. I think he's going to get these guys. Like, if, if they have it in them, I feel like M.A. If M.A. can't get it out of them, I, I don't know. Um, what do you so, What do you think as far as so – I, I want to go a little bit deeper into a couple of players you mentioned. First, like Jabari. 
Uh, so we saw Jabari beginning of last year struggle for most of the first half, and a lot of people put that on, well, Salas is not putting him in the best positions. He's making the most spot-up shooter, which a lot of that was true. He wasn't put in the greatest spots to score. And then the second half of the season, we saw him get a lot more comfortable. He started taking more mid-range. He started being more confident in his handles, getting to the basket, more uh, shots in the post. And then it carried over to summer league where he was the guy getting most of the shots and were able to get himself going into the offense. But now that we're into more of a structured setting to where you have a clear pecking order of who's going to have the ball in Fred Van Vliet, then you have Jalen Green, then you have Alper and Shangoon. So now it seems like a lot of times Jabari is just kind of just floating out there, like sort of like he was beginning of last season where you don't even know he's on the court half the time unless he's, I mean, not trying to be funny, unless he's missing a shot. Um, are getting beat on defense. So do you think that it's more of he's not getting enough shots so that he's not being able to get in the flow in the offense? Or is it just a matter of, well, maybe it's just the first couple of games and it's kind of hard to draw a, a, a conclusion on whether what's going on with Jabari? Because let's be honest, the first two games, he has not been good. If If Jabari has a halfway decent game yesterday, the Rockets probably win that game pretty easily. Because like you said, Apron was pretty much worn out in overtime. You could kind of see that with his turnovers because he's having to guard Wimby on one end, but Wimby's not having to guard him on the other end. Wimby's guarding Jabari Smith, and Jabari Smith's not putting any pressure on Wimbyama uh, on the offensive end. So Wimbyama can kind of just float around the, the court, not really much pay much, but much attention to Jabari. So what are you seeing from Jabari, and what does Jabari need to do? Because let's be honest, if Jabari and Jalen don't take that next step this year, we're not going to see a, the huge improvement that a lot of Rockets fans want to see in the win total. That's the thing that scares me the most because these are two guys that I believe in, two guys that I've like. I've taken a lot of like criticism, you know, on social media because I do hype these guys up. I do like when they make a good play. I like to like highlight the play that they that they've made. But like they're running out of the clock is ticking. Like if we're being honest, um, you know. Nobody, nobody cares about the highlight plays when you're not winning. And so uh, I think we've reached a point now, you know, we're in phase two. The, the general manager has said that him, himself. And so now the expectation is different. The expectation is for us to actually go out and not make highlight plays, but make winning plays. And we made enough winning plays, you know, for, you know, I want to say 46 minutes. <laughs> for about 46 minutes we made winning plays and then the last two minutes of the game like and I, and I know the refs played a role in that but you can't always just pin stuff on the referees right especially when you still have an opportunity to ice the game um the thing i didn't like the way i didn't like the way jabari closed the game he missed you know he missed two free throws you don't have to make both of them you have to make at least one of those free throws and it's a four point yes. game right uh then he went down on the other end and he was not able to guard uh, guard Victor Wimbayama at all. You know, Victor, there was like barely any resistance. Wimby scored, and then he had an opportunity to win the game with a three pointer, which he also missed. Wide so, open three pointer. <laughs> wide open three. And so, for me, he has a lot to prove. Right? It's um, it's only two games into his sophomore season. We saw a lot of very encouraging things from him in the preseason. And, and even before that in the summer league, but he was playing a different role. He was more of a focal point. And like you said, now he's kind of having to play off of guys and he has to be able to do that. He has to show that I don't need to be, I don't need them to run play after play after play for me in order for me to get in my rhythm. 
if I get a wide open shot, I can knock that down because I think that's kind of what they drafted him to be. And so like I, I'm I'm a little concerned, but I'm not ready to give up on on him after two games. And I know you aren't either. I know that's not what yeah. you're asking. It's, yeah. but, it, but it's concerning because we saw a whole we saw a whole season last season where he got open shots. And I think he shot 30 percent on wide open shots, which is insane, <laughs> which is I mean, that is a very low percentage. Right. Especially for a guy who we drafted, who we thought was going to be like a, a knockdown shooter. And, for, and so when you're talking about like wide open shots, that means like you're unguarded. It's uncontested, basically. And you're not making those. And I think that is a that is a level of concern. Now, I do think he plays better when he's able to like get the ball in the, in the mid post and operate there and kind of get into a rhythm. Uh, but it does con- it does concern me that. They need to do all of those things in order for him to also maybe be able to hit threes. So. I don't know, man. Like I, I'm, I'm hoping that he like shakes back. I'm, I'm tomorrow. I think tomorrow is gonna be an interesting game. Like Golden State has always been like that thorn in our side, and you know I'm, they're not the same Golden State that they've been. But like after yesterday, I, I'm encouraged by a lot of stuff that I saw yesterday. But I want to see a, a I want to see a big, I want to see how Jabari responds to to this game. Yeah, because to kind of wrap it up on Jabari, we need Jabari to be more like Tari when it comes to affecting the game not just with his scoring because mm-hmm. Tari can be in there and no plays at all could be ran for him and he's going to somehow still yeah. get you 15 points and seven rebounds and three steals somehow he's still going to affect the game Jabari can't be on the court and not affect the game in some way even if he's not getting enough shots or he's not scoring he has to get some weak side blocks he has to get some steals some rebounds he has to like kind of have to change the game because your score is going to come and go but like your defensive intensity and your effort, that should like never go away. That should be there every single game. And so far in the first two games, he hasn't imposed his will at all on the game. He's barely even been noticeable on the court. So you definitely want to see that. And like you said, no, I'm not giving up on Jabari Smith because it's at the end of the day, it could have been January. He had two bad games. We might not even think anything about it, but because it's the first two games of the season, it kind of stands out more. But and then, coming, point, and then coming off of last season, but like you yeah. said, the intangible things, we got to see those like intangible things that like, okay, he's out there and he's impacting the game. Cause if we're really being honest, I'm off the top of my head, but I think he got 16 shots yesterday. That's a lot of shots. Yeah, so it's not like he did. It's not like he didn't. It's not like he wasn't involved. He was yeah. involved. He, he was like five for 16 and I don't care about the, the shooting necessarily. And I, and I mean, it's for Jalen green as well who I've repeatedly said in many different places that he's been my favorite player on the team, but my expectation for him in year three is different from what my expectation was in year one and two. Like I'm expecting to see, okay, yeah, my shot's not falling this game. I need to get rebounds. I need to defend a little bit harder. I need to go after those loose balls. I need to like set my teammates up, uh, get my guys in position to score, be a leader. Like these are things that Jalen Green needs to do. and you know, I think he had a he had a decent game yesterday um, against the Spurs, but I also did not like. I don't know what happened uh, in the second half as far as him getting shots up, but like the fact that he barely got any shots to in in the fourth quarter in the overtime is a concern for me. So yeah, I want to ask you about that because that's actually the next thing I was going to bring up. First three quarters, seventeen shots. 
fourth quarter and overtime, three shots, and two of those shots came at the 17-second mark in overtime where San Antonio was basically playing the NBA equivalent of prevent defense where they were just trying not to follow him at that point. So basically he had one shot in a quarter and a half, which unfortunately is the most important quarter and a half of the entire game. So do you think that's, a, hey, the Rockets need to find ways to run plays for him and get him in a better position? Or Jalen just need to be the alpha and say, hey, look, it's the fourth quarter, it's crunch time, give me the ball, and when I get the ball, I'm going to be aggressive and at least try to get to the foul line. Not to say that they're going to make the free throws when they're shooting free throws, but at least put some pressure on the defense to get to the foul line because, like I said, he checked back in at the seven-minute mark in the fourth quarter, took one shot in the fourth quarter, and that was it. So do you think it's he just needs to just say, hey, I'm supposed to be the main guy on this team. I need to step up and just take the – because whatever we want to say about James Harden, we know James Harden is going to get the ball and he's going to take his shots whether they go in or not. So do sometimes Jalen just needs to take that attitude like, hey, I know we're running this play, but if y'all want me to be the alpha on this team, I need to be able to have the ball in my hands. So there's a slippery slope, right, as far as do you want a guy out there breaking plays? Because nobody wants to be on the team – with the guy who like we call a play and you just call your own number. But at the same time, like, and, and, and see, here's the thing, like we're not even having this conversation. If we make those free throws, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like the game plan, whatever the game plan was in the fourth quarter for most of the quarter, it worked. And I think a lot of the game plan, they, they let Alperen Shingun and Fred Van Vliet kind of run the offense and it, it worked good enough for them to secure a win. And, and then maybe we're not even having this discussion. But my thing with Jalen is that I want Jalen to not necessarily, he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy who we run the offense through. But I think in order for this team, like you said earlier, in order for this team to actually be a team that is threatening for a play-in spot, right? Jalen Green has to take another, another leap. He has to take another step. And that does not necessarily mean that he has to be like the focal point of the offense as far as like we can run the offense through Shingun. That, that's perfectly fine. But Jalen Green needs to be a closer. He needs to be a guy who you are relying on to get exactly. and, and And I say you agree. But like um, and if he's not that guy, I think we're in for a long season. We're in for a season where we're going to end up being very disappointed and we're going to be like questioning, uh, you know, several guys placed on this team at the end of end of the season so like it's gotten to the point now where like we saw this in his rookie season where he kind of drift off to the corner because they weren't involving him in the offense last year he had the ball in his hands there was not there that was not the issue at all his efficient his uh issue last season was with efficiency because he probably had the ball too much he had the ball like you know he was running a lot of pick and rolls he's running a lot of isolations uh and we saw yesterday in the first half uh Yudoka was using him perfectly like it was perfect. He was getting the ball and like dribble handoffs. He was getting like screens and, and getting it off the catch. And he is so dangerous when he is um, utilized in that manner. And then we kind of went away from it, which I don't understand. I do want in those situations for him to feel empowered to be like, hey, um, I'm going to go and get this get this bucket. I don't care what the play is, like you said. So there's a there's a fine line, and I I don't know what the what the answer is because you don't want a guy out there just just being selfish and not playing team ball. I respect the fact that he is trying to be a good team teammate and he is trying to fit within the confines of the offense. But I do know, you know, 
and we got maybe we got to shake back from the you know the Kobe Brown and Michael Jordan kind of comparisons or whatever. But I know Michael Jordan is going to get his shots up. I know Kobe Bryant is going to get his shots up. Even Luca, like last night, Luca is a whatever you want to say about Luca. Luca's a closer. He had, he came like I think Dallas was trailing for most of the game, and then the, the last couple minutes he had like two or three threes and put the game away. That's the that's the thing because the Rockets going to be more competitive. Who's going to be their closer? Who's going to be the guy that's going to close our games and that hey you're going to give the ball to him and he's going to put the game away because the Rockets needed to put that game away last night because the way they were shooting free throws, the way they were shooting threes, you did not want that game to come down to the last whatever couple. Uh, points and that's exactly what happened and they end up losing so that's the question who's going to be the Rockets closer because a guy that will remain nameless was their guy that they went to not that he always did what he was supposed to do and close out the game but that's who they depended on but is it going to be Van Vliet is it going to be Jalen Green because it's kind of hard for Shane Goon to be that closer because you see they can just double team him and get the ball out of his hands Right. And so like when when and that's another thing why you why you were talking about that, I was thinking like there's only one Nikola Jokic. As much as I love Shingun, uh, there's only one Nikola Jokic. It's hard yeah. to close a game from a post score in, in, in the modern NBA. Right. You most teams that you look around the league that when you look at their closer is it's Luca, it's Kawhi Leonard or Paul George It's you know what I mean? It was it was hard for some time. It was Kevin Durant or Devin Booker. Damian you know I mean? Lillard. Like, yeah. Right and, there. Yeah. And so, like, we're relying on Shingun a lot. Like, we want him to do play better defense. He's he's done that. We want, <laughs> we, want maker. To, yeah. we want him to rebound better. He's done that. We want him to make plays. He's done that. But now we want him to close the game out, too. Like, like. And and the guy who we brought in, in my opinion, and this was a, a debate that I was in earlier today with a lot of people, was like, can Jalen Green be an alpha? And I think the longer we have to ask that question, the the more I start thinking that maybe he can't be. I want him to be. I think that he has all the talent in the world. I think he has the talent to be that closer. But the longer we have to like question, can he be that, the more I start to wonder. Because to me, it's not even, and I, and I had this discussion with you too, um off camera but it's not a i can't put my finger on it and i know he has all the ability to do it but at some point in time something up here has to like click with him where like when i get the ball like i'm nobody can stop me and i'm gonna make a either make a play for myself i'm gonna make a play for my teammates and hopefully hopefully now that he has some some coaching you know, like it, it's too and, and see people had these conversations last night, too, after the game. Oh, Jalen Green can't be an alpha anymore. He can't be a one uh, a one on a on a championship level team. That's yet to be determined. Like, let's give him, you know, let's give him, you know, a, a large portion of this season to see how he, you know, adapts to, you know, having a guy like M.A. Doka as his coach and being in a system uh, for the. I mean, I, I don't want to say that he was not in a system at all, but like, let's say, you know, he's been in a, he's in a system, right? He's in a system. And um, I think there's an adjustment process. There's a filling out process, but if he is not displaying those qualities by the end of the season, then yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be wondering if he's going to be that guy that we thought he was when we drafted him. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you're pretty much the same way. I'm not going to make any overarching narratives about the team after two games. I mean, I'm just not going to do it. Now, if they're playing like this in December and January, then you definitely start to worry because that's definitely enough time 
to kind of get used to your teammates, to at least have some type of functioning offense to, you know, know that, okay, we need to cut down on these mistakes and for Emma to make the adjustments that he needs to make. Now, if we're in December and January and this team is, I don't know, 10, 15 games under 500 already, then you can, you just, then, then it's okay to start reacting and start talking about the entire season beyond just those games. Cause right now it's really just a game in game out basis because we, a, we don't know how good the teams are that they're playing. Maybe Orlando's a really good team this year. Maybe San Antonio is going to make the playoffs this year. So we can't just sit up and say, well, they lost to this San Antonio team that didn't even make the playoffs last year because that's last season. This is a totally different San Antonio team this year, as we know, with you know all the hype around Victor Wimbyama and maybe Orlando taking that next step this season. So you really don't know who's good and who's bad uh, in the first week of the NBA season. So I'm not going to go and go say, hey, Jalen Green is, just sucks. He's just not ever going to be that guy. You can't really make those statements after two games. So and you know what's crazy? He had a good game, right? Yeah, just, he had a good. He had game. a good game. Yeah. He just didn't close the game the way that we want to see him close it yeah. because of what we know he can do. Yeah. I, I was very impressed with his shot making. I was impressed. Like I was very impressed the way he bounced back from from game one to game two. Like in that first half, I was like, okay. Um, yeah. It's just like the way the game ended. Like like I said, we're not even having this conversation if we make a couple free throws or we make one more three pointer or whatever. But um. Yeah, man, like, I, I haven't given up. I haven't given up on it. The thing is, though, like, we lost for three years to go into yes. the lottery in order to, you have to, factor get, that in. <laughs> to get these guys, right? And so, yeah, we need to hit on Jalen Green. Like, I, I was I was having this discussion with people earlier. But maybe we don't need to hit on all of them, but I'm going to use this analogy again. Um, you know, every, OKC. OKC, out of, you know, consecutive drafts, were able to get, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, Jeff Green, uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka. Like, that's probably an anomaly, right? You're not going to hit on all of those picks every single time. Reggie Jackson, they got out of a draft, right? Um, That's that's not usually, like, what happens. Usually there's some hits and misses. Um, But when you start missing and missing and missing, you end up being with the Sacramento Kings where for all those years. You're just drafting high picks. You're drafting the wrong guys or you're drafting guys and you're not develop, fully developing them the way that they need to be developed. And then they end up leaving. They don't make it to their second contract on your, on your team and they go somewhere else and, and flourish or flop. And like, I don't want that for my Rockets. I want, you know, I want to see Jalen uh, be the best version of himself he can be in Jabari and Amin and, and Shingun, Cam Whitmore, Tarisen, you know, we don't have to have, you know, stars at, at all of those, you know, those all of those guys don't have to be stars, but we need maybe at least two of those guys to be like, you know, all-star caliber players and then the rest to kind of like fill in the gaps. Or we're going to be back in the lottery again, picking high and, and, and having our fingers crossed again and doing this all over again. Well, we won't be picking – um, too high outside of the top four, so that's so gonna unless Brooklyn just collapses this year. That's another thing to keep in mind because the Rockets don't have their pick outside of uh top four this next season, so that's another thing to keep in mind. Like, you don't control your destiny when it comes to your draft pick, unless you're just really, really bad. And if they're really, really bad, yeah, that top four pick's not really gonna matter as much. Um, as it has in previous seasons, because you're expecting, like you said, a lot more from the Rockets uh, this year. Uh, one more thing I want to do before we kind of wrap up the show, uh, we'll kind of just preview a little bit about the Golden State game coming up. Because like you said, Golden State has been a thorn in the Rockets' side uh, for the last 
I don't know, almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. They've pretty much dominated the Rockets, uh, even in the years the Rockets were winning, and they've done it in the last few seasons. We all remember the whole, you know, Steph Curry going crazy a uh, few times against the Rockets, closing out the Rockets in a couple of games. So what are you expecting to see just coming up in the next game? Because like you said, this isn't the same Golden State team we've seen in previous years. Um, they don't have Draymond Green back yet. That's a huge deal for them. Uh, Clay Thompson has not looked good. He is well, I say Clay Thompson hasn't looked good, but we all know what happened when he He's plays the Rockets, Rockets especially yeah. in Houston. So he'll probably go out and put out 30 points tomorrow. Don't be surprised with that. And they have Chris Paul, who definitely looks he definitely looks his age at this point. He hasn't really done too much for them yet either. But again, he loves to uh, stick it to Houston any chance he gets. So he might go out and have a game. So what are you expecting tomorrow? It's a Rockets season opener. It's a big game because, yeah, we're only two games in, but you don't want to fall 0-3 because the Rockets have a real tough schedule coming up. They have, if I'm not mistaken, they have to play Denver. They have to play Sacramento. Um, they have to play New Orleans. They have to play the Lakers. They have a lot of tough games coming up, so you don't want to fall 0-3. So what are you expecting to see tomorrow? So I know that they they beat the, the Kings last night. Uh, I know Steph Curry yeah. did the little. Curry went crazy. Yeah, he had like 41 or whatever. And yeah. then, like like you said, Clay hasn't looked like Clay. But I do know one thing. For some reason, whenever he plays the Rockets, he goes crazy and hits like 10 threes <laughs> against us every single time. So yeah. I don't – it's kind of hard. I, I wish – like I said, if Tari Eason played last night, we win, we win last night. And, and, and this is going to sound even crazier because we lost by 30. But I think if Tari played in the Orlando game, that's a completely different game too just because they it was a super close game and then the wheels kind of fell off. And, like, some of the things that we were lacking in that game, Tari Eason provides those things. So I just think it would have set a different tone. Um, and so I think not having Tari in this game kind of scares me because I know he's going to go out there and compete. And, and like, you, you see him in, like, tandem with a guy like Dylan Brooks, who's tough as nails. And then you got, like, Fred Van Bleet, who's also pretty tough. He's shown us so far that he's, you know – He's a competitor, right? And so I'm worried. I don't want to start 0-3. I'm going to be in attendance. I know a lot of a lot of us are actually going to that game. So I'm going to call a Rockets win. I don't know how we're going to get it. I don't know what I don't know who they have to like flagrant foul. Not hurt nobody. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. I don't know, but like we have to win this game. The the first two games, it's hard to run win on the road. And that's why one of the reasons that that it kind of hurt last night is like. You almost got a row win, right? And a row win for this team, especially who hasn't experienced a whole lot of winning in the past few years. Uh, I think that would have been huge. And one thing we also have to keep in mind, like our win projections. If if you're if you're one of the people who said like maybe we win 36 games or 38 games, that still means you're gonna lose 40. If you win 38 games, you're gonna lose 44 games, something like yeah. that. But so like there's going to be a lot of losses. Right. So we we just have to also buckle up for that. But in order for us to like come out at home, I think they need to just come out and have some energy. Hopefully, I think Amon Thompson is going to have to have a good game because our bench is so thin without without uh, the guy that we lost, you know, for the legal issues. And with Tari being out, we're relying on guys like Reggie, Reggie Bullock to come in. Boban got minutes last night. Um who else is like who's even coming off for Jeff Green? Who like I like Jeff Green a lot. I think maybe he needs more minutes. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah, him um, and Cam. They, they, I think, I think Cam. You know, let's if see they keep Cam going this in, way, we know. need we like our bench is so our margin for error right now 
it's unbelievably thin because our bench is is decimated. We lost two guys who, or we're, we're without two guys who we probably could have penciled in for 25 to 30 minutes per game. And now, so it's, the emphasis is even, the the burden is even more on the starters to come out and play well. So we need, we'll probably need a big game, another big game from Shingun, another big game from Jalen. Uh, Jabari has to bounce back. And then I think Fred and Dylan are going to rise to the occasion. I, th- I just think that's who they are. And I think that's going to be the key to win. I mean, there's not a whole lot right now that you can expect to get from our bench unit. I, I hopefully with, with Amin being at home uh, for the first time and being in front of our crowd and maybe he, he can finally like flash some of that like ridiculous athleticism and, and decision-making that we saw. We saw it in the preseason, like it's there. I think he just has to get comfortable and the game has to slow down a little bit for him. I, I think maybe tomorrow is the night that that happens for him. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's it's just so hard to determine right now who's going to win, lose games because just so many moving parts. But I mean, I, I will say that at the very least, you just want the Rockets to have a chance to win the game. You don't want to go out there and lose another, be blown out by 20 or 30 points a game because then there's nothing positive you can get from a 20, 30 point loss. Yeah, you don't want to lose this game that you just lost San Antonio, but at least we can pull some positives from there. That's something that they can kind of build on. So you just want to see them go out there and at least be competitive and not because I don't say it often, but yesterday game was a game the Rockets absolutely lost. It's not a game the Spurs won because the Spurs could, if the Rockets hit their free throws, there's nothing the Spurs could do about that. If Jabari hits that wide open three, there's nothing the Spurs can do about that. So the Rockets absolutely lost that game yesterday. It was totally in their control. So you just don't want to see those type of losses. If you lose a game where you're fighting hard, it's back and forth, and the other team is just better, okay. But last night, the Rockets were actually the better team for a majority of the game last night. And then to lose that, that's what's the hard part about it. So it'll be really interesting to see how all that plays out tomorrow. Of course, they're still not going to have Tari Eason, so they're still going to have to find a way to fill those minutes. Maybe we'll see more Cam Whitmore instead of Reggie Bullock. We'll see how that plays out. Um, but it's definitely going to be interesting. You don't want to go down 0-3 because um, you're going to have a tough week coming up here. So we would definitely be, you know, keeping keeping that in mind. We'll definitely be bringing more uh, information, more videos from the games themselves, from practices, shoot around, whatever we're out at. We'll definitely be bringing you some information on that. And, of course, you know, Beta, I appreciate you jumping on every week with me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, man, it's fun. Every time, every time we do one of these, I have a great time. Can't wait for the next one. Absolutely. And hopefully the next time we're on next week, hopefully we'll have some wins to actually talk Wayne about. It's a, it's a lot more fun to talk about <laughs> some wins and keep talking about all these losses because, man, this stuff is draining to talk about. Every yeah, week. man, I'm, t- I'm tired of losing. Some wins. I had a yeah, dude got mad at me because I hopped on a, a Twitter space and I'm like, man, I'm tired of this team losing. Uh, yes. Like I was I was like I said, I was fine with it, you know, the past few years because I knew what the end goal was. Yeah, you know we're in phase two now, like so. My expectations are different, and yeah. I want to see us like actually win basketball games, and to have a win just like in in the palm of your hand and just let it slip out your hand is very frustrating and disappointing. So yeah, hopefully we win tomorrow and can string another win or two together before we hop back on this. Yeah, no more moral victories. I think we're done with moral yeah. victories and talking about draft positions at this point. So definitely yeah, because, our, because our pick, like we don't even own our pick. So like, no, we don't. So we would have to rely on our pick, like being a top four pick. And at that point, like something that's else just is going to be terribly more stress, wrong. <laughs> more stress. 
no, let's let's make a push for the plan and, and like and then see what happens. Yeah. So we'll see tomorrow. Maybe the Rockets can get back on track. And like I said, we will definitely be back here next week. And make sure that you hit that subscribe button and like button and leave us a comment and let us know how you're feeling about the Rockets season so far. And if you're still optimistic, if you're still at the point where it's just two games, you're not too worried, definitely let us know in the comments. Like I said, hit that subscribe button. That definitely helps us going forward. And we appreciate all the support. Make sure you check out the next episode of Rockets Fuel Podcast.